0: the XR Motion Podcast with your host, Michael Steinberg. Welcome to the XR Motion Podcast, where we talk about what's coming down the line in the motion design industry and where we also focus and talk about what's cool in the VR, AR, XR, and metaverse, which we're still figuring out what that is, type things, and all of those other stuff and what's happening, so guys today we've got a very exciting episode we've got constantine costia is that right Constantine, yeah, you did it you did it hey everyone i'm so glad i got that right and guys this, he's just a phenomenal artist i'm so happy to have him on I found him on instagram which you guys gotta check out his work it's el crudio which it's spelt e l c r u d zero and mm-hmm. got to look it up because i'm telling you you're going to want to see his stuff before we start going here because it is just awesome you can also look up at rocket renders which might be a little bit easier if you're just going off your head here some of his uh, amazing work is on there as well you're going to be blown away it's it's really cool actually we found you on
1: instagram and that that's how good your work was i had to reach out man Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you for that warm introduction. Uh, I appreciate the kind words. I'm all open to share the information.
0: I've got a lot of questions, so I'm, I'm excited to jump on in this. First off, just going over a little bit about
1: yourself, what exactly would you say you do? I would say that I'm a 3D enthusiast, let's say. Because right now, most of my income I do with my regular job. And 3D is some sort of a grind for me. Because some time ago, I decided that I need a valuable skill. Like something which I can do, still enjoy and make money. 3D sounds like the thing I was looking for. So I started grinding. But it came in steps let's say first was a strange experience for me but it was mind-opening experience as a kid who grew up in post ussr russia i dealt with um, like a bit of closed society with not a lot of information with not a lot of going on and without an international exchange of ideas and thoughts so during the university you know, there's a program in United States called Work and Travel. Okay. I never got into it because my grades were bad as hell. So. <laughs> Same here. Wasn't great at school. I decided that I still need to get to United States. If people enjoy it so much, I should check it out. So I got my international passport. It's a different thing in Russia, and I stack up some money. And I traveled to New York and Boston. And this man, I didn't you know, know that New York was so cool. I, <laughs> I saw all those places, like uh, everything. Uh, as a hip-hop he- like hip hop person, yeah. New York is a mecca for me. You know, right. like we were just walking by and like my friend Tyler was like, hey man, look, this is the biggest place. Like that's <laughs> where Biggie lived. And I was like, can I touch it please? Like, because, you know... <laughs> And I saw that United States is a different kind of thing, but mostly because of the people, mostly because of the way of people communicate, because of how open people to each other, different ideas in society and so on. Like people are still the same, but different, but the same. I got a lot of friends in there and I decided that Man, United States is a way to go. Or like, I was thinking it then, still thinking it now. And I got back to Russia. uh, And during one of the tattoo sessions with my tattoo artist, I told him that, look, man, it's pretty real to get into states. We can get visas, we can get all the stuff. It can be interesting. And for Russians, it's more than like adventure. It's not a tourism. It's one in a life experience to go to States. So it's more like an adventure. So we decided that we want to go there to achieve something. Not just go, but to achieve something. And we prepared the tattoo sleeve on me and i i gone there as a model and my tattoo artist oleg he, he went as an artist we've been to several tattoo conventions and we won six of them like uh, six wow <laughs> uh, six in new york two in california with all the tattoos which are on me and uh, i was like walking portfolio for oleg that's gotta be awesome yeah, a lot of pain, but it is a lot of attention and pain, I, I would say. <laughs> At least you get some awesome work off of it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of it for free.
0: That's like a win-win. You get some free national winning tattoos while being able to travel across seas. That's <laughs> That's kind of a little
1: dream right there in itself. That's awesome. I was like 25, maybe and right now I'm 33 so it was like my first trip to US was about about 10 years ago maybe less
0: and how long were you here for that first trip you said about a month so you got a good little taste of new york
1: yeah i lived in crown heights and then in bushwick
0: so you visited and then you wound up moving here right or
1: no no i didn't i didn't okay so
0: you just visited during the one month you were in crown heights and then bushwick
1: yeah my first two trips were short and the third one, uh, I decided that... Man, look, I, I, I have to make make a statement. I will try to move there. Even though I'm still kind of a kid, like 24, 25, I will try to move. So I quit my job and I made a lot of attempts. I won't go into details, uh, but I, I made some attempts to do so. And I didn't succeed. But I gained a valuable lesson all that time. Oleg was with me, and his skill was a key to open a lot of doors. Such doors which money couldn't open. He communicated with artists, he communicated with uh, musicians and famous people. They paid him for his skill. We talked to Burial from Cypress Hill. We found out that he's a fan of Oleg's work. We decided then that when we will be in California for Golden State Tattoo Expo, we're going to visit Biriel's office to tattoo him. And that one day then when we were there, Biriel was at Cannabis Cup. So he couldn't join. But he invited us and we were at the event. It was nice. And from all those trips, I gained a lesson that... I cannot go around grinding. I cannot live an easy life of ah it's gonna happen to me. Some someday I will be rich, someday I will everything will come by itself. No. I saw an example of a person who with his mind, his hands, and putting in a lot of work, like he opened a lot of doors in front of him, let's say. And after I realized that this is possible. I returned to Rostov. I lived some time in Moscow, but uh, Rostov is my home location. Home location supports you. It's kind of easier when you... Always. It's comfortable. And I returned to my home location. I rented a flat for this flat exactly. And I stayed in it for five years. It is, I would say from the inside, it looks like solitary confinement uh, voluntarily. <laughs> it looks comfortable. You got wood. Wood man, I love it. It's not wood, it's a, it's a red, uh, how you call it? They are painted red, no, it's... A... <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. uh. Like here, I have internet, I have everything I need to comfortably stay and learn skill. So I decided that I was fortunate enough to play all the video games while the graphics was still developing. I started in 2D, like Fallout, Fallout 2, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, and so on. And from that, I moved to 3D graphics. And I, with my eyes, I saw how 3D graphics evolved. So it was easier for me to understand it. I was already part of it. So yeah, from, from that moment, a lot of realization came that I need to read a lot and I need to grind a skill. I feel like grinding in this industry... Is
0: just so important. I've said it before, but 90% of it is obviously just doing it. Yeah. My dad always used to say this. I think it's kind of a popular phrase, but success is when preparation meets opportunity. True that. But you gotta be prepared. Yeah, you gotta be ready. Yeah. Yeah, and going back to what you said about just connections too. I mean, doing things like this, going to meetups, which we throw in New York last Tuesday of every month. <clears throat> Little promo plug right there, and Sunday on VR Chat. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm mean, doing those things. Like I, I can't even say I, I feel like I say this every podcast, but so many jobs I've gotten. Aren't from just clients looking me up online. It's from meeting friends or other acquaintances who go, "Oh dude, I, I actually can't do this
1: project. Do you want it?" And then I'm like, "Oh, well, sure, cool man. Now, if it comes to regular jobs, I get all of my jobs through network of friends. Exactly. Someone knew me, someone said, "Look, you might be the right person and so on, like each of them. Pretty much the same
0: to be honest. Besides my very first one and some of the very first stuff I did from school, which I was even still networking, I guess. But yeah, it's it's crazy how it works. So I love the life. I'm kind of really curious too, just what the art scene is like in Russia. But first, before we get there, I just kinda of want to even ask you about the work you do. You're bringing these robotic and or surreal type of items and things into reality mm-hmm. and doing a bit of, I don't want to even know if it's rotoscoping, but you're doing motion tracking and it just looks so cool, man. Thank you. I saw the one with the lobster, I think was the most recent one, like a huge lobster coming down a building. I love that. And then your robot stuff. I'm a robot geek, man. Love that stuff. It looks so cool. So what is your process for making these things happen? Are you using Cinema 4D or what kind of
1: programs are you using? First, the idea. The idea was with me even before all that tattoo life happened. You played online games, right? You did unfortunately a lot yeah <laughs> maybe fortunately maybe fortunately a little too much that's what that's all I'll say so during the times of World of Warcraft i didn't have money for World of Warcraft because it was like you still had to pay for it but russian currency is shit ruble doesn't cost anything so we had to play free games but still we wanted a massive multiplayer so we played lineage 2 if you heard of it Lineage too, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And there's a class called Summoner. I guess there's a lot of Summoners in different games, but in this particular one, there was an animation when some sort of pentagram or some sign appears on the ground and creature appears from it. And I wanted to do this. I said, look, why can't I become a Summoner in reality? This is insane. We have all the technology. At that time, I didn't have even a camera on my phone. I didn't have that. My first try was on an old laptop. I watched a lot of Andrew Kramer's uh, tutorials. And I tried to track a plane with Cinema 4D, like standard tracking algorithm. And I put a small gun on top of my table. There was no shadow. There was nothing. And the tracking was horrible. But I did it. And the idea that it is possible was in my mind and it's still there. It was planted in that time. But I, as a teenager, growing up in, in a hard society, I had to get all the equipment from the way I could, let's say. The way I could. At that moment, After Effects was too heavy for my laptop because of the real-time rendering you still have to do it and I switched to Maya because the viewport in Maya is separate from rendering engine I decided look if Cinema 4D is kinda easier for that task but I can't do it I still have to do it but with different approach with different tools so I started to recreate the standard toolset which is inside of the After Effects plus Cinema 4D with Maya and some of the tracking software. So right now my pipeline is following. At first we need an idea. Mostly it's something which appears like uh, the 3D model inserted into a real environment with realistic shadow and lighting. At first I didn't have skills of character creation at all. So only hard surface modeling. So I started from hard surface and went into robots eventually. If we go through the pipeline step by step, I do the following. I shoot videos uh, with my camera. Regular Canon 70D, nothing special. I track those with Bajou or PFTrack. Those are professional tools and you regularly don't have fresh versions of those for free. And this is hard to admit. This is hard to say because people usually don't say. But I pirated all the software. <laughs> I pirated <laughs> yeah. it all I didn't buy anything. When I will start to make money with it, I will be grateful to those people who created software for me. But in the past, when you have, still have to live on some money, you will pirate software.
0: Oh, 100%, man. And I feel like that's why a lot of these... You're seeing things like Unity is free. You're saying even... I think Unreal became free. Like, it wasn't free. and then And I forget there was another big program that decided to go free until you get to a certain point, which I just think it's so great because they know everyone's pirating it. Like, yes, they have to know. So why are you going to get the little guy in trouble? Because yeah, with Adobe, I happily pay for it now. Granted, I'm getting a little frustrated currently with them. But for years, I would never have gotten to a point where I would pay for it if I wasn't allowed to experiment with it for so many years.
1: Yep. You gained the a skill. There's a student version of Maya but for some reason I decided not to use it. I'm not a student. After that, after I track the scene, I transfer it all to Maya and there's a soft camera and the whole scene is in front of me. There's a. If you try to imagine it, there's a plane and a camera and the scene is somewhere in between and I insert an object Between a camera and image sequence, which is a background for a camera. And camera always sees the image sequence because it's kind of stuck to a movement of the camera. Right, right. And after that, after I import tracked scene into Maya, I start blocking up the scene, the additional objects which have to be in a scene. Mostly I use robots. Some of them I created myself. Some of them are from Sketchfab and retweaked models from Sketchfab because even though there are still some good bases, you need to adjust them for your own project. I use Arnold Renderer as a main engine. I color everything in Substance Painter, which is a standard right now, as far as I know. Oh, totally. So in this whole insertion of... 3D models into real video, I gained that skill while I was going for kinda another skill. I set myself a goal of making those hardcore uh, cinematics which I saw in, in games. World of Warcraft, Elder Scrolls, League of Legends. You saw what League of Legends did? Right. <laughs> I'm a grown person and they make me cry. Literally. So a lot of games have cinematics which are not made by the original studio which made a game. So I decided that having a studio which makes cinematics only, not the game but cinematics, is a nice opportunity. Because the market of cinematic production is not overcrowded. So from that point I started to learn character rigging, character animation... And right now I'm in a sweet spot of 70% of getting my portfolio done for character animation. I gather the team around me. First, I, I need to tell you about the situation maybe with art in Russia because it's a kind of strange thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm super curious about what it's like there and what the inspirations you get. Because yeah, it sounds like, so you're like basic workflow right now for making these is you come up with the concept, you see what models you've got available and then, and then you're using Maya and then you're using my, and then yeah, Substance painter's awesome. I'm still new at that. And then I guess, do you do your final compositing still in Maya? Do you just render straight yeah. from there? Yeah. Wow. Those are some great results coming directly out of there.
1: Thank you. I didn't have a chance to work in any other software, maybe in Unreal Engine. I did some VR projects for myself with Unreal. I'm going to talk about that later. So if it comes to Russia, the situation is strange. We have some sort of Tsar for King, owner of Russia for the last 20 years. Yeah, for the, for the last 20 years. And we have a bunch of laws which can artist to jail there's a law about non-harassment of religions religious feelings of people so a religious person can sue you for doing something even closely religious related true and you can go like literally to jail for a joke about god for any caricature The system is corrupt. Wrong people are getting power with this sort of laws. So we as artists. First, we have to stay true. If we don't speak the truth, what the fuck? What kind of artists are we? Right? We have to speak the truth. Like when I started to deconstruct all the art which people were doing in USSR and in later Russia. Even though the regime was hardcore, people still found ways to criticize it through art. People still were trying to find ways to get new ideas to kids, get new ideas to the ones who are willing to listen. I was lucky enough that when I was a kid, a lot of Western movies and Western media came... To Russia after the the fall of the uh, how do you call it iron iron gate I don't know like uh, there was a cold war and none information got through like the, the 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 thing which is going on right now with North Korea in North Korea they have a separate internet and none of the information is going inside and out the regime is blocking them and they are media blocked so in early nineties we were lucky enough to get. All the star Wars terminators uh and and so later later it was more not a hooligan movies, but how how you call movies which are picking on something that that are messing with some like a oh, like slapstick kind of like yeah, the, there, there were movies they there were movies uh, which messed with the religion I mean dogma Jane silent Bob oh, and so like on. like sacrilegious kind of stuff yeah, kinda and in Russia we don't have those and those showed us that, look, there are still people with free minds. There are still people who do pure art, which can criticize the regime, the system, and so on. So, in Russia, a lot of artists are trapped in this situation when they have to speak up their mind, but they have to do it the way in which government will not put them in jail for life. so wild to me. That's so wild. After that conversation, I appreciate your freedom, man. It's something sometimes, like,
0: you don't even know you're privileged to have. So are artists still kind of persecuted? Does it feel like it's getting more free at all? Or has it just always been kind of stagnant,
1: same laws, same rules, or...? It's getting better. Internet is freeing us up. Our government tried to fight Internet, tried, but they lost. They tried to block Telegram. And Pavel Durov is the person who said, look, okay, you can try to block it, but we will find a way to make people communicate. And the Telegram is still alive. So that showed us that, all right, we can people still have their voice on the Internet.
0: So are there any, like, controversial Russian pieces that are out right now? Uh, not to get off track, I just, I'm like, I've never really heard about the Russian culture in the art scene. So I'm just curious about that.
1: I won't say any names right now. We have a huge pop culture, but it's mostly governed by owners of the tele shows. So the people are censored a lot on TV and so on. On the internet, we have a law that you can't write bullshit about government because you can get sued for your comments in social media. So definitely no anti-government art. No, nothing, nothing. That was all
0: everyone did for our last election. That was every artist just made
1: anti-government posts. I saw a lot of Trump 3Ds and so on, yeah. And for me, that skill opens a lot of opportunities because the skill is not a business. I own it. It's in me. I am my skill. It's in my head. Like you cannot separate me from my skill. And this gives some sort of safe feeling that this is something solid. We, this My skill, if I grind it to the master level, if I put in 10,000 hours, if I achieve something worthwhile, If I do something which I can be proud of, this cannot be separated from me. So yeah, at this point, there are some artists who are following the mainstream, who are trying to fill those needs which are created by huge Russian YouTube communities, Russian half-TV, half-YouTube, and so on. But for me, this is some sort of a dirty game. I don't want to stick into it. You know, when... It's not a pure art. It is some sort of media. So there's a lot of artists who are, who are just staying home, sharing their works with the internet, teaming up with different artists who can join one pipeline, one line of work, you know. And yeah, we're moving here with small teams. Oh, one moment. I maybe have someone to tell you about. There's a team in Russia called Birch Punk. Birch Punk. Mm-hmm. B-I-R-C-H Punk They created a cyber farm This is a kind of what I do But on a different level Because they are a group of professionals And I remember about them Right now when I was talking to you They made a series of videos About cyberpunk farm There are a lot of robots And cyberpunk related stuff on a farm And the project is totally independent no commercial no nothing so they did a good job i'm proud of those guys
0: yeah i just like looked up a tiny little video their stuff looks amazing but yeah so like what is also the motion design community up there do you guys do meetups up there at all or Mm
1: -mm, no personally i saw zero people from 3d community we are all scattered up and across the country the country is huge most of the people are in moscow in saint petersburg i'm in rostov and south i live in a region we had a war two, three years ago with Ukraine. Like I live in a region which was in a war state like three years ago. Wow. For us, it was just a lot of military, a lot of mercenaries coming through city. We had to meet our ladies in the evening and so on, like just a bit of more of caution. But people on the border, they heard shots, they they saw explosions and so on. But on the Ukrainian side, it's a nightmare. We are in a Russian side, and I know that Russia here was some sort of aggressor, so we didn't feel it that much. But on Ukrainian side, oh my God. Every topic, like, sorry, sorry for doing this, but every topic ends up in some dark shit.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a unique experience, you know? And I mean, if you're there, you're there, you know?
1: This is insane, but I try to travel, but people always tell me, like, man, you're Russian. You Russians are different, and you are an example of a Russian person. And I can say that. You know who David Goggins is? That name
0: sounds super familiar.
1: It's a military guy from Joe Rogan experience. He's uh, like, stay hard, and he's like always running and so on, grinding.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: He shows this mentality to a world to learn. But here in Russia, we were born in it. We were like raised in this mentality. You cannot not grind. You have to from your birth. And right now, when I I secured myself some of the free time, some of the effort which I don't have to spend to working on other people for pennies, not pennies, but pennies. (laughs) (laughs) I secured myself some time and I as a person cannot sit still. I wake up in the morning, I have to do something. I have to grind. There is no watching movies or playing games in the morning. I wake up at 7, 8 a.m. And till 5 p.m. I'm doing my stuff. When I can't, I let myself rest. But if I still can, I will try to. Because the window of opportunities is closing. There's a lot of examples of people who didn't come to where I'm at right now. I have to use my opportunities I don't know, to travel the world, to find a great studio to work at. I have to apply those skills I gained because why did I do it if I will not do that? Thankfully, with the
0: grind and hustle, man, it makes it easier and easier to get any opportunity you want. And what's nice too is the more you grind and hustle, the more you get to choose what you want to do and where you want to go. Yeah, And I feel like this field is one of the most rewarding things ever. I mean, it's definitely... Something where you have to work extremely hard, but it's just one of those things where it's rewarding in the fact that you get to see your talent get better and better each day. And it's not like, if you do a dailies for an entire year, you're not going to be like, I don't know if I got any better. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to know, be like, wow, I sucked last year compared to now. such a
1: cool field to be in. And for me, this was one more huge realization. I'm a tall skinny guy, and when I was a kid, I was bullied a lot. Before that, I wasn't good at anything. I wasn't good at sports, I wasn't good at computer games, even though I played my whole life, but on a competitor gaming, I wasn't good. And when my first 3D actual quality works appeared, people started to let me know that look, man, you have some talent. Look, man, you, you can do something. I don't think right now I have a talent. Because, look, I have a I have a bracelet, which I wear. It's some sort of a power bla- bracelet, you know. And on the back side it's written, nobody's talented work harder. So, I'm not talented, I just work a lot. And this realization, by doing 3D, I showed myself that I can literally do something, which other people can't. Because... When my first videos appeared on the net, a lot of people asked me, Hey man, how you did it? How you did it? And there wasn't a question for me to hide or not this information about how I did it. I can tell you all the programs which I used. I can show you those programs. I can spend my time to show you how I did it. But there's not a lot of people who can work every day for five years to master those programs.
0: It is a grind, man. Yeah. I can't agree with you more on the fact that (laughs) it's just one of those things where you just got to work so hard to get it. I guess I kind of feel the same as you. Like, I wasn't really great at school, never was great at sports, never, but this was just something where you just keep going at it, you keep grinding it. And it kind of honestly blows my mind a little bit that I see some people that are extremely talented, especially artistically, and I think like, oh, they should really just jump into this field but some of them are just like man i cannot work all day hours upon hours in the yeah,
1: sitting is not a- in front of a computer is not my thing i heard it so many times
0: yeah and that's what i've heard other people say too is exactly what you said is some people have literally told me like your talent is being able to not stop you can just keep going all day every day without burning out <laughs> it's like uh, i
1: don't know reza reza from Wutan clan Taught me this. Oh, by the way, this book I definitely recommend everyone to read it. Tao of Wu, uh, wrote by Riza from Wu Tang Clan. And he made a metaphor for training in art, as training in Shaolin Temple. He said, like, look, we're here not to show one time that we are great, and that's it. We're here to train one killing punch a million times before it gets uh, deadly. So here I am training my 3D. My 3D is my sword. It's in my hand and it's it's sharp as fuck. Come test me. Love that.
0: I feel like that was like commercial for the book. <laughs> I gotta read that. <laughs> so let's go into this next subject that I'm curious about. So I noticed that you've been doing a little bit of Unreal Engine, which you even mentioned yourself. Mm-hmm. What is your view on virtual reality in the future, and maybe just AR or the metaverse, because it's a pretty hot topic right now.
1: Let's start from Unreal Engine. I will tell you a bit more about my projects. First, I, when I started hard surface modeling and realistic painting in Substance Painter, I decided, look, I need to showcase my works somewhere, there. And just showing them in Instagram, flying around, it's not that interesting. And at that time I bought my uh, VR helmet, which is Rift S. And I decided, okay, I have everything I need to try making a VR app. Even though at that time there was not a lot of those. But I I decided, why not? I downloaded Unreal Engine and there was a pre-built template for VR. I changed it for myself, imported a lot of... Main thing I did is uh, handmade uh, weapons. A gun, old, old school flint pistol, axe from God of War. And I imported those into my project. I built a location and I like just was messing around with those uh, breaking things. And I decided, look, I feel comfortable in this environment. This environment which I built for myself, I'm inside of my imagination right now. Look, I imagined it and right now I created it. And in reality, I'm in, inside of my imagination. How cool is that? So I decided that I need to make a network VR application, which I'm working on right now. Not a lot to be shown right now, but it's coming up. Network is multiplayer and other people in your 3D environment is a key. A lot of people felt that during the pandemic, because we were locked all by ourselves, and it would be nice to have a person nearby, right? And here we come to a metaverse. Because a lot of people will join metaverse. But listen to Keanu Reeves. We don't want our main VR world to be made by Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right? So, I don't know. When it comes to metaverse, for me, I see a lot of opportunities. But I don't want to give those into bad hands. So... At the top of my lungs, I shout, people, build your own applications. And let's link them up into some sort of network. Because if we give all the interesting ideas to Facebook for money, they're going to own us. If you have an interesting idea, go to Patreon. Collect some money. Build it up. Don't sell it right away.
0: Yeah, I find it super interesting with Facebook and... I'm hoping, like, that there is a turn somewhere with the metaverse, and I use both the Index and I use the Quest and just kind of experience how different applications run in both headsets. Mm-hmm. And I think I've come to this new realization recently because PlayStation VR 2 has just entered the game, so... I'm hoping what we're going to see is that Facebook, which they have talked about this being a primary goal is getting everybody into the metaverse, is they are going to focus more on getting into a user-friendly, simplistic universe. Mm -hmm. And then what we're going to see, because it's a $300 standalone headset, that's what they're building for. They're building these things for essentially cell phones, when really there's a whole market of people out there that are ready that have gaming consoles, they have PCs, they have awesome laptops. So I'm hoping with PlayStation coming into the market, you're looking at millions of people now that are going to be joining VR for the first time with high caliber powered machines true so that kind of made me realize just this week after that announcement that maybe we're actually going to see facebook do its own thing while this whole other high tier market where facebook isn't even considered the high tier market they're Mm -hmm. going to be considered like a lower tier market and a lot more money is going to go into this high-quality experience and more immersive gameplay or just reality. So I'm hoping that that happens and there is that split in the road where we're not all going to Facebook and with the Valve Index and these other headsets. So
1: Your VRs are right behind you, right?
0: Yeah, for anybody listening, I got uh. Well, you can see the base station on the top, and then on the next shelf is the uh, Quest 1. And then I got the Quest 2. And then uh, on the ground, we'll just say it's on a shelf, uh, (laughs) is my index. Mm
1: -hmm. Nice,
0: nice. And then hopefully soon the PlayStation VR 2. I'm excited about that because they have the best haptic feedback on the controllers. Beautiful. It's just so silly that you can have two different controllers and be like, damn, this just feels nice for somehow... You don't think shaking in your controller could feel good and different. It but like, does. it does. You feel the power when you're pulling the trigger with the spring force. When you're pulling it with each gun, they're like the trick. So I'm excited to have that in the he- handsets. And they're also putting the feedback apparently in the headset, which is super interesting to me. Like, how's that going to work out?
1: I don't want to get a headshot in this stuff. <laughs>
0: Like an actual like just knocks you out. Yeah. And it has eye tracking as well. So I think this new headset is going to be a big game changer too. I think it's going to really make people that have the Quest and maybe don't even have like a laptop or a computer, but they have the PlayStation 5. They're going to be like, well, I want a better experience and Facebook can't offer that. So I think a lot we're going to see a lot of people, that's going to be their upgrade. It's not getting a computer and a headset. It's going to be just, I've got a PlayStation 5, so I'm just going to get the headset.
1: The whole new culture is coming up. And if it is like in Ready Player One, I'm going to be happy with it. But internet is dirty. Yes. People are weak. Like, I'm not saying like weak-minded, weak-willed. Will of people are weak. They cannot, like me, I am person, I am people. We cannot control our limbic system. And if VR gets too realistic, a lot of people can get trapped in VR. So easily. To be honest, how realistic is VR porn?
0: I feel like it will get to a sense of reality eventually.
1: Yes, yes. And this is like we are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. And culture of using those devices... Need to catch up. Yeah. Because new technologies are getting introduced on a super fast speed into our lives. We need to adjust our culture to deal with those. Because look, if a young kid with a developing brain sees all that stuff in virtual world where it's blinking, it's all all shiny, all sexy, all bloody, all everything you can shoot, everything you can buy how real will be reality for that person? How interesting will it be? Yeah, that is a good point. I mean,
0: when you go into virtual reality and it's better than reality, and I've kind of thought that would be the case, but I've never thought about it growing up as a kid and just from day one growing up, you'd rather be in a headset than, especially if it's somewhat realistic too. And I've also even, and talking about the culture of it, I feel like we're in the the Wild West times of VR right now because there's no way to have a blocking, right? I talked about this on the last podcast, how right now we have the ability to, if you have a song, you can block the song, like YouTube, whatever, can flag the song. Images, those can get pretty much automatically blocked just through artificial intelligence doing image recognition, but with 3D models in 3D worlds, it's like completely different. There is no barriers. There's no protection. There's no nothing right now. Mm-hmm. How do you stop that? <laughs> we'll have to adjust. Image recognition for models. And like you said, too, the rules. We don't have to get down this road, but I've even thought it would be interesting. Like, you almost might need a social security card for VR. Imagine you're running an Apple store and like a hundred people just start to come in as like a joke and just start screaming slurs or something like have crazy, horrible models or zombies. It'd be nice if you could just block them all. And then guess what? They're flagged now. Now you're a Best Buy opening. Well, maybe you could put a flag warning on those accounts and be like, well, these accounts are flagged so they can't come in. And now people are acting more like humans to be, they want to be respectful, they don't want to get kicked out of things.
1: It's going to be a, a lot of mistakes are to be made and we will have to learn on, that, on those mistakes. We don't know the exact structure of how people should communicate in VR, what should be the unspoken laws. We don't know yet. Only after the mistakes are made, we need to just pay attention and not do the same mistakes after.
0: One thing I liked about um, the quest, I tried doing Horizon recently, the Horizon world. Mm -hmm. I did like how Horizon has a feature where it's like a shield feature. And right when you press it, it just puts you into a different world instantly. And all the characters, they become essentially like outlines and Uh. so you can just like it say for instance there's just like a lot of people playing music really loud or there's horrible avatars running around you just push a button and it just throws up this blocking shield of music audio and visuals and you can click in people right there so it's really easy it's really calm And then you can just block them or delete them, vote to kick them out or report them. I thought that was a really nice feature because it just gets you out of that scenario and literally as fast as you can click that button, which is kind of cool.
1: Mm -hmm. That can can save some nerves.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think having features like that makes people not want to be as annoying as much too.
1: I think... It's a good thing that there will be a separation between hardcore PlayStation gamers and casual Facebook people when it comes to gaming because you don't want to be locked inside of a game with people you don't want to be with.
0: Well, that's one thing I will say. I mean, I don't want to nerd out too much here, but with the metaverse, it's another reason why I kind of hate the word. I don't hate the word, but I just think the idea is a little different than what people are thinking I feel like most, if you talk to an everyday user, it's, oh, well, a PlayStation user can interact with the Quest user and you can go from one universe to another universe. I really think that's like, you can't get Google apps on iPhone and you can't get iPhone apps on Google, like Amazon apps. You can't, these companies aren't just going to like become kumbaya and you know be like, oh, let's work in harmony together. It's just not too ideal. Yeah, it's getting PlayStation's gonna get their exclusive titles. Quest's gonna obviously claim their titles. And I think there's gonna be a lot more separation than people think. And also, it's just hard to like do all of
1: that programming for multiple game engines. Like, Give me a good example of a shooter on a console and the PC. There's none, right? It's so hard. Yeah, I mean, they barely. You have like Fortnite. Halo, maybe. Halo, yeah. And it's just
0: so... We're not even close. Like These ideas... When Mark Zuckerberg showed those videos, I was like, we are 20 years away from this. 50 years. He pretty much just... Put player one in the DVD player, like in school, put it in and just walked out of the room and came back and was like, isn't that cool, guys? Invest in Facebook. Like, yeah, he he literally did that. We're so far from all of that happening. and, And it's
1: just the most catchy thing on TikTok. This is something valuable. Let's admit we see future. We see, to some degree, how will it go. We can imagine it. And we still can be part of that future. Some valuable part of it. Not like the the ones who created the world in Ready Player One, but close to that.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. If we are, our community is the ones that are building it, well, I think we're, like, one of the best communities in the world. True. The 3D people and MoGraph people, honestly... They're just the nicest, most helping people you'll ever meet. So that's one nice thing we can say about that. Uh, It's a little peace of mind, if you will.
1: Even though right now we live in the best possible time, even kings of the past lived not as good life as we live right now. Like regular person right now lives a greater life than anyone in the past.
0: The king still pooped in buckets.
1: (laughs) True and right now is the best time to live and look into a future look into a ways which planet is going out of poverty mm. the future going to be bright yeah like information brings awareness in in some time there will be no wars i guarantee that like people will manage themselves
0: i 100% agree and This being one of the main reasons is the fact that I can speak with you across the flipping world and we can have just amazing discussions about this. I want to ask you about another interesting thing in the future and or present, NFTs. What is your thought on that and what is your experience with it?
1: My experience with cryptocurrencies, I worked in two cryptocurrency startups. One didn't get through pre-ICO. One did get through ICO. Mm. And in a second one, we collected 800,000 USD. Wow, that's fantastic. That's a great little start. Yeah, it is. And our our bosses just left with the money because it's unregulated. (sighs) Wow. True? If it would be IPO, they would be in jail. But if it's ICO, they are walking around like they did nothing. And at that point, I... I kind of realized that cryptocurrencies is a wild west, it still needs to be shaped up. It was about 5-6 years ago. Right now, it's not that chaotic. But still, to make money in the cryptocurrency field, you need to put in work. You need to pay attention to what's going on, you need to read the information from the market. You need to buy certain coins and sell them at a certain time. You need to withdraw your money th- through a different way to avoid uh, tax- taxation and so on. Like, it is one hell of a job. And to do something with NFT, to be successful with NFT, you can't just draw a monkey. You need to put in work. So for me, I heard a lot of people saying to me, hey, look, man, do NFT, do NFT. But... When I wake up, I do my regular job. In the evening, I do my 3D plus sports. In the night, I do my business stuff. Like I have some more business stuff to make different money. And looking at all this NFT, it's more like a gamble to me. That's fair. I I mean, and we're
0: such in the early development stages of it. It's absolutely a gamble. Some people can just say everything right about how it could go. But it's, again, how it could go. And as well, it could just be the biggest flop. I mean, the obvious could just be happen. The obvious can happen, but also the optimism of it is also very bright. It's going to be interesting. Who knows?
1: I very liked the point of reselling, that if the NFT is resold, then artist is getting the percentage. That I like, because even if I sold my art for something like even if kind of sold even after that if it's resold i will still get my percentage this is nice this uh, if you launch some successful projects you can live from that even your kids can live from that that's nice
0: yeah having constant income while you sleep money while you sleep that's the best money yeah and yeah and i hope again this is like such player one ideas that you hear but like you were just saying you made a sword right It'd be cool if you could put buy for one penny right and so you see a players are running around the world with swords with your sword yeah and then somebody else says hey can i get the sword and they just click on it when they click on it they just buy it for a penny but that penny goes straight to or a dollar right and now yes
1: yes i enjoyed it so much
0: yeah and so now nfts you can just make stuff and throw them into the metaverse and now the copying and pasting but again hypothetical
1: if it happens years
0: down the line yeah exactly right now it making a jpeg cost hundreds of dollars so like (laughs) it's a little ridiculous but it's interesting well man that this was a great time man i love talking about everything with you one last this is one of my favorite questions i haven't actually asked in a while for anybody new that's getting into the field do you have any pocket advice that you would like to share
1: it is sweeter after difficulties. Only after you've gone through some hardships, you know that you are not made of glass. You know that you're worth something. You have to reevaluate yourself as a hardcore man who won't be broken. Because who won't be broken, right? To get to places, you need to go down that road. To have something which no one has, you have to do something no one does and it comes with a price you have to be ready to pay the price you have to be ready to show the world that you deserve your success if not like
0: yeah i love that that is some amazing words right there is there anything else you'd like to share any big things you want people to look out for or anything like
1: that i just launched a youtube The channel is under construction, but I have a huge plans for my YouTube. It's called Reality Is Not Enough. Follow me. If you have something, write me on kgolovko.com. This is my personal email. If you have some projects, if you want some collaborations, I can do a lot of work for free because I love it. Give me some of that sweet work. (laughs) Amazing,
0: man. Well, dude. Constantine, it was fantastic time talking with you. I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to you. It was a great time. Thank you so much, and yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you, we'll be.